Hey, New Hope Church, welcome to Selma, Alabama, and the Preacher King Tour. It is kicking off in May. I'm talking about May 13th, 20th, and 27th. You don't want to miss it. Go ahead and mark your calendar. Spread the word. The Preacher King message series coming in May. Hey, we took off for Atlanta, Georgia on Monday, the birthplace of Dr. King. We went to Birmingham, Alabama. We went to Memphis, Tennessee on the 50th anniversary of his assassination. From there, we are in Selma and we are going to Montgomery and I'm going to be preaching in Dexter Avenue Baptist Church where the great late Dr. Martin Luther King pastored this church. Hey, you don't want to miss this series. I've been preaching every step along the way. We've been getting incredible, historical, educational, and I believe transformational footage and it's coming our way in May. But for now, welcome to New Hope Church today for Guardrails Part One. We are going to be digging into God's Word and letting God's Word teach us how to keep our lives on track. Welcome to Guardrails Part One. What's up, New Hope? You guys doing good? Doing good today? Good, 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 good. Glad you are here. Uh, if you're a guest, and I, I see a lot of guests, uh, probably from Easter or whatever the case may be, my name is Benji. I am thrilled that you are here today. Uh, hope it blesses you. Thank you for uh, joining us. For those of you who are regulars here at New Hope, welcome, love you. Hope you had a great great week. And uh, I want to give a warm shout out to all the campuses. Will you help me welcome them? I'm talking about talking about the Coffee House community. Keep it going. Garner, Sanford Campus, North Raleigh, Columbia Campus, Town, Kenya, North Durham, Hillsboro, Online Campus. And last but not least, uh, the Durham Campus. So, so glad you are here. Hey, I love the energy. Keep it going. Um, yeah, I did just return, as the video just demonstrated, I did just return from the Preacher King tour. And just a brief uh, report from the field, I just got to let you guys know, it exceeded every expectation I had. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, God met us every step of the way with traveling mercies, with beautiful spring weather, though we returned to North Carolina, and it's like, see ya! Um, and I preached in the pulpit where King preached his first sermon at Ebenezer in Atlanta. Then I preached in his pulpit where he was a pastor for six years at Dexter Avenue King Memorial Church. And then the pastor took me downstairs and I got to sit and pray in Dr. King's office with the same desk and his chair. And they had one other pulpit kind of hidden downstairs that came from the I Have a Dream speech that he delivered on that sweltering August day in front of the Lincoln Memorial. And guys, I'm just telling you, it was just a bucket list kind of deal. And um, I'm so fired up for you to experience that come May. Uh, but for now, we are into guardrails, and I'm excited about the series. I did want to say just real quickly before I get into this, though, because I like to give you guys plenty of advance notice, a year from now... A year from now, I'm taking a trip to the Holy Land. 
And I'm taking anybody who wants to go. I just saw some people get excited. They're talking about a bucket list. I want to go ahead and let you know so you can mark your calendar March 27th through April 6th. Mark your calendar. Mark the Connect card today. If, if you're just interested, just put interested in the Holy Land trip. We'll get you on that list and we'll be able to communicate with you over the course of the next year if you're interested in that. Let's pray. Father, um, would you take our minds and think through them today? Would you take our hearts and fill with them? Lord Jesus, would you take my lips today and speak through them? For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, I don't know how you think about a pastor's calling or maybe particularly my calling, but we're about to tap into a series that... Um, highlights my calling to you as serving as the pastor of this church. You know, it, it, there's many layers to it, and, and you guys know that I love to preach the gospel and see lost people found. Can I get an amen? And we had like, I don't know, I don't even know the exact numbers. It's somewhere near 600 people got saved Easter weekend. Anybody excited about that? I know you've already celebrated it. But, but like, that excites me. That excites me. But what I would want you to know is that also excites me. But here's what also excites me. Teaching you how to live a better life. You, you got to understand, like, the, the Christianity, Christianity is not just about getting saved, pie in the sky, I go to heaven when I die. No, no, no. It's also about learning how to live life here and now. And one of the ways in which I see my calling at this church, and this is the teach part of our vision. Our vision is reach, what? Teach and release. This is the teach compartment. I see my calling also um, just focused in on teaching you, hopefully, how to live a better life. Like, because I love you as your pastor, and I want you to live a good and godly life. And so that's what this series is all about. Sisters raising her hand, like, bring it on, pastor. That's what this series is about. I want to see you, yes, get to heaven. And so many of you are saved, and you are. But I also want to see you experience abundant life here and now. And guardrails... Is all about that. The Bible is chock full of godly wisdom that if you will apply it, will help you live a blessed and prosperous life. And if you don't apply it, you will end up in the ditch with collateral damage and your life crashed. And so I'm really excited about this series. Let me just say on the front end, for those of you who are English majors or you're English teachers or you are English OCD people, I'm fully aware of the fact that guardrails can be one word or two. And for this series, we are making it one word. And just to jack with you every now and then, I might make it two. Guardrails. Here, here's, a, here's a definition. Just kidding with you. Here's a definition. Read this out loud with me. Ready? Go. A system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. That's what a guardrail is. And most of us ride down the road and we don't ever recognize them. They're everywhere. They're over bypasses. They're around curves. They're around highways. They're everywhere. I was thinking about this just on Friday when we were coming back. We had a long road trip on Friday from Montgomery back home. 
And as I'm sitting there, I'm looking at all the guardrails, and uh, I realize that guardrails, most of them are planted where you should not drive. They're not, they're not on the road where you can drive. Now, we all know you don't want to go over them. How, how many of you have hit a guardrail before? Come on. Yeah, I've hit, I've hit a few. Um, not, not after Christ, thank the Lord. Um, but they're, they're planted where you don't even want to get near. The bus driver got a little close for me a few times this trip and uh, kind of freaked me out. I, I, I see a Catholic brother of mine, dear friend of mine over here, reminds me of the story when the Pope, the Pope went to heaven and a bus driver went to heaven. Have you heard about this? Yeah, she says, come on now. Bus driver and a pope went to heaven. The pope went first and the pope got, pope got to the pearly gates and St. Peter said, oh, how are you doing? Who are you? He said, I'm the pope. St. Peter said, well, let me see if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Go over there and wait in the waiting room. About five minutes later, a bus driver showed up. St. Peter saw the bus driver and said, oh, good to see you. Come on in. The kingdom of heaven is yours. The Pope was irate. He jumped to his feet. What is that all about? I lead the largest movement on the planet. I preach the gospel, and you're going to let a bus driver just come right in, and you're going to send me to the waiting room? St. Peter said, yes. Pope said, well, why is that, might I ask? He said, well, it's easy. When you preached, everybody slept. When he drove, everybody prayed. <laughs> uh. So I was thinking as the bus driver got close to some guardrails this week that even though we all know, <laughs> even though we all know that you don't want to go over them, the guardrails are planted by the Department of Motor Vehicle and Public Transportation and all of those agencies. They are planted where you don't even want to get close to them. And what my goal is in this series is to teach you how to stay away from a guardrail. Because even though we don't think about them much, come on, aren't you glad that they're there if you ever fall asleep on the road? Come on. Aren't you glad if they're there and a deer runs out in front of you and you have to swerve to miss the deer? The guardrail keeps you out of the ditch. Or a dog. Or a cat runs out. I don't know why you would ever swerve to miss a cat, but anyway... Come on, I haven't, I haven't talked about cats in a while. It's been a long time. But you want them there to keep you out of the ditch. Even if you hit them and they cause a little bit of damage, it's better than going overboard, crashing your life, losing the respect and the love of your loved ones, and sometimes... Crashing so bad that you lose life itself. Over the course of this series, you're going to hear about some of the most important topics and messages that face Christians today. These are the ones that put Christians in the ditch over and over and over again. And again, because I love you and I see it as my calling, I want you as a new hoper to be able to live a blessed, favored life that is full of God's kindness and goodness and not be a statistic. Amen? Because think about it for a moment. Come on, let me just ask you a question. How many of you would say here today that you have regrets in your life? 
Come on, show, show of hands. How many of you can say that there's some regrets in you? Every single hand. How many of you would admit that some of your greatest regrets, come on, were caused by decisions you made and I made? Again, everybody's hand. Now think about this for a moment. How many of those regrets, your greatest regrets, could have been avoided if you had a guardrail in your life? Again, it's all of us. This is why you don't want to miss a single Sunday of this series. I say it like this. Most of the greatest regrets in our lives could have been what? Avoided if we had established solid, what's that key word right there? Biblical guardrails. They could have been avoided. So again, just, just pause for just a moment. I just had you look back at your regrets. Look ahead at your future. Think about all the damage and all the regrets that you and I will be able to avoid, amen, if we set up and plant solid biblical guardrails. This is why you don't want to miss a single Sunday of guardrails. Not a one. And here's what's really cool about guardrails. It's for believers and unbelievers. Like you often hear me saying here, hey, hey, if you're an unbeliever, we're so glad you're here. Kick the tires, lift the hood. You're welcome here. And in those times, a lot of times we're preaching the gospel and we're singing music and we're, we're trying. Hey, I'm not going to hide it. We're trying to get you to enter into a relationship with God. But the beauty of guardrails is that even if you're not a believer, this stuff applies to you. I mean, because I don't know if you've noticed this before, but you can be a Christian and your life can still be jacked up. And this is why some of us have poor witnesses with people. Some non-believers look at Christians and they're like, you think I want to become a Christian? Look at that person's life. Right? So you can be a Christian and have a jacked up life in a very similar way. You can be a non-believer. We're glad you're here. And you can apply the stuff that I'm going to talk about over the course of the next four weeks, and it will bless your life. So let's actually go get this today. Let's actually think about it. Here's a guardrail definition in terms of the series that we're in. I gave you one a moment ago for the roadway, but look, look at this. It's a standard of behavior that becomes a matter of what? Write it in your teaching notes. A guardrail, that I'm, the way I'm going to be talking about it, is a standard of what? Behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. So what I'm going to be encouraging you to do over the course of the next month is I'm going to be encouraging you to develop a personal standard of behavior around a number of of topics that end up destroying Christians. Personal standards of behavior for you. And it is about your conscience. It is grounded on the word of God. Listen closely. It has nothing to do with whether or not you are saved. I hope you're saved. But this is about you developing guardrails in your life so that you don't become a statistic. This is about you developing and nurturing and coming under the authority of God's word and living out a higher calling. 
a higher living, if you will, whereby you tap into God's biblical wisdom. Because again, your greatest regrets could have been avoided. And if you lean into this series, your greatest regrets in the future will be avoided if you apply and plant guardrails. The Lord led me today just to read you a couple verses from this passage. It wasn't even in your teaching notes. We're going to go to Ephesians 5. You can open up to Ephesians 5 because we'll go there in a moment. But look at what Psalm 1 says. One of my favorite few verses in the Old Testament. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sits in the company of mockers. Blessed is the one. But who does what? Who does what? Who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Let's continue. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Read that last part with me. Whatever they do, again, whatever they do prospers. Come on, come on. How many of you would like to live a life that prospers? Right? At all the campus. We all do. <laughs> One, one, one person wants it so bad, they're clapping right now. And I love that. And I want you to live a life that prospers. And I want to live a life that prospers. That's what guardrails is all about. Look at what Jesus says. He put it kind of a different way in Matthew's gospel. Let's read this one out loud together. Ready, church? Go. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to... And many enter through it. Wow. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Broad and wide is the way that leads to what? Destruction. And that you see going on all over planet earth today. But narrow is the way and few find it. That leads to what? Life. A prosperous life. In other words, if I might say so, when Jesus talks about the narrow road and few find it, the narrow road has guardrails on it. The narrow road is those who have locked into Jesus Christ and the authority of his word and they put up guardrails and they follow in the way of Christ. Our culture has lots of flimsy guardrails. Have you noticed this? Like weak, flimsy guardrails. And I told you the topics that we're going to be looking at. They're some of the most controversial. Think about sex for a moment. Here is the culture's guardrail when it comes to sex. Here it is. You ready for this? You ready for this? Don't have sex until you are ready. To which somebody's thinking... I was born ready. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. That's a flimsy guardrail. It's a pathetic guardrail. Here's one. Talk to your kids about drugs. Pretty good guardrail. 
Right? Not, not bad, but flimsy and weak. Because for many of us, by the time you start talking to your kids about drugs, they're sitting there going, I wish you would shut up because I sure am enjoying these drugs. Here's one. Here's one. Breweries love this. Commercials love this one. Drink responsibly. It lets them feel good about their commercials. Drink responsibly. That is a flimsy, pathetic guardrail. You say, why, Pastor? Because for most people, they start thinking about drinking responsibly way after they've had way too many drinks. And then someone goes, you know, we should be drinking responsibly. You're going, I don't feel very responsible. They're flimsy. They're, they're weak. Now, let me give you a warning. Let me give you a warning. This series is not for the faint of heart. This series is not for the faint of heart, and here's why. Many people that you do life with, maybe some of your family members, maybe some folks that you work with, they will think that your guardrails are stupid. That's why I said it's a standard of personal behavior based upon the word of God and your conscience. So let me just warn you. They will think some of these are stupid. This is why our culture has a problem with religion. This is why many secular people say religion is stupid and all of those people involved in religion are stupid because they have a bunch of silly rules, right? But have you ever noticed that the same skeptic or the secular society that we live in who ridicules us for rules will then ridicule us when we fall short and have a moral failure? Have you noticed this? I put it like this. Watch this. Our culture loves to taunt Christians for their rules, but then ridicule those believers as what? Hypocrites when they end up in a ditch somewhere with all kinds of wreckage and collateral damage. That is the culture that we live in. One more thing, and then we're going to look at one passage of Scripture, and we're going to be done today. I, more than anything, I'm just trying to get you to be so dialed in and leaning into this series that you will not think about missing a single Sunday. One more warning before we get to one passage of Scripture. Throughout this series, if there's any point in time along the way where you start thinking, this is too rigid. This even sounds a little legalistic. Remember, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about standards of behavior. But any point in time along the way where you hear, hey, you hear that voice inside of you, this is too rigid. Let me just go ahead and tell you on the front end, that is the voice of our culture. Did you hear me? And you will be forced to answer this question. Am I going to listen to the voice of the culture or am I going to listen to the word of God? And my prayer is that New Hope would become a community of faith grounded in the word of the Lord. Amen? Not rigid in terms of salvation, not becoming some mean-spirited kind of place when you think about rigidity or legalism. No, 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 no. That's not New Hope. But I'm just warning you on the front end, when I lay out some of these guardrails, some of you are going to start thinking, I don't know, I don't know. That's the voice of culture. And that's the voice of the enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life. 
Open up your Bibles to Ephesians 5. Just one verse of Scripture, a couple verses that ground this entire series, and then we're going to let you be on your way today. If you love the word of the Lord, let me hear an amen. amen. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Read it out loud with me, with, with me if you will. Ready? Go. Be very careful then how you be very careful then how you live. This is not about salvation. This is about how you live your life. Look at verse 15 and 16. Be very careful then how you live, right? Not as, help me out, not as what? Unwise, but as God loves you. God is a good, good father who wants his best for his children. Not as unwise, but as wise. Continue with me. Ready? Go. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are, the days are what? Talked about that last weekend, didn't I? Nobody wants to use that word anymore. But let me tell you something. There's evil on planet earth. And Satan roams around and he wants to destroy you and he wants to destroy me and he wants to wreck your life. If you're not careful with how you live, maybe unwise instead of wise, what the Bible is saying to us and what we're going to be attacking in this series is that there will be a price to pay. Therefore, Ephesians 5, 16 and 17. Therefore, do not be... See what he's doing? Paul is making it clear. There's a wise and an unwise way to live. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. The guardrail that culture screams out at us when it comes to alcohol is, I've already said it, drink responsibly. That is a pathetic, weak guardrail. You, know, you want to know what the biblical guardrail is when it comes to alcohol? Do not get drunk. One person's excited about it. Do not get drunk. The Bible, the Bible does not say alcohol is a sin. Some of you have heard that before. Some of you have heard that. And, and preachers can preach that if they won't. They just can't ground that on the Bible. You cannot say that. Now, remember this is personal conscience. And a personal standard of behavior. Some of you might be led of the Holy Spirit to not drink at all. Which is awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. I remember I pastored a little church out in the, the, the Saxbahal area. Y'all know where that is? Saxbahal, North Carolina. Glory to God. One flashing little street light. I'm not kidding. And uh, I pastored this church for three years. And there was a sweet little old lady there, and, and she, just, she, she, she just hated alcohol. And she had a reason, right? One of her family members, I think, struggled with her or something. And one day she was talking to me, and she was just going off on alcohol. And I just felt led. I just felt led to say, well, well you know, Miss Mary, uh, the Bible doesn't say it's a sin to drink. I said, the Bible says it's a sin to get drunk and she wasn't hearing it she didn't want to she, she wouldn't hear it on so finally i had one more one more card in my pocket so i i threw it on the table i'm like well miss mary you know that jesus turned water into wine Amen. 
And she goes, yes, I've always had a problem with that. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him, why didn't he make a sweet tea? <laughs> sweet tea, glory to God. <laughs> Drinking alcohol is not a sin. What the Bible says is the guardrail is don't get drunk. Because drunkenness leads to, did you catch it? Debauchery. To which some of you are like, what in the world is debauchery? <laughs> like, hey, dude, did you, did you get debauched last night? I mean, <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean, right? Right? But it's actually a really good word. If, if you'll just learn it with me, check it out. Debauchery. Extreme indulgence that results in loss of control. Extreme indulgence that what? Results in loss of control. The Bible doesn't say don't get drunk because alcohol is a sin. Notice what Paul does here. This is where the Bible is just full of wisdom. The Bible says alcohol can lead to drunkenness. And drunkenness can lead to debauchery, loss of control. So be very careful how you live. See, this is the word of a good, good God who wants what is best for his children. Don't get drunk because that leads to debauchery. And you and I know this. Come on, intuitively you know this. When you lose control, bad things happen. Agreed? Have you ever lost control and, you know, good things happen? Rarely, right? Every time I've lost control in my life, the result's never really been good, right? The Bible is saying, don't get drunk. Drunkenness lose, leads to loss of control. And on the other side of loss of control, on the other side of the guardrail, if you go over there, your mugshot might be on the evening news. No, 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 I'm serious. Your mugshot might be on the evening news. And you might get out of jail the next day, maybe. Or your mugshot could be on the evening news and you could go to prison for the rest of your life because you killed someone. Or you escaped jail, but you still lost all respect of those who love you most. Or you lose your job. I could, I could go on and on and on. See, this is, where, this is where God's word is so wise. These aren't matters of salvation. You can be saved, hello, and get drunk. You'll just be a saved drunk. <laughs> and that's not good. What is fascinating to me is... The way the Bible sets up this argument is just so full of wisdom. Paul says drunkenness is wrong because it is just unwise. And it is unwise to lose control. And you lose control of a vehicle or you lose control of a relationship or you lose control of a life. And the disaster and the pain and the regret of a shattered life and dreams forfeited 
quite often to the point that you can never fully recover. This is just one topic. We're going to go after a lot of topics. And here's what some of you are thinking. I know how you think. Some of you are thinking, you know what? I hear all that, Pastor, but here's what I believe God's going to do. I'm just going to keep flirting with disaster. I'm going to keep getting right up to the line. And when God wants to get my attention, he'll just yell at me, Hey! Stop! And I would say to you today, that's usually, notice I say usually, God can communicate how he wants. That's usually not the way God communicates. God usually doesn't bark at you or yell at you. You know, you know, you know the voice of God? Here's the voice of God. why we often refer to it as that still small voice I'm just telling you and as I've been talking here today some of you are sitting there and you're like you're, you're already hearing <clears throat> <clears throat> he's talking to you So the question is, what are you going to do with it? God's saying to some of you, stop. Stop. Caution. Dead end. Do not enter. Don't, don't go. Some of you are so close to having an affair right now. You are so up on the line. And you're about to wreck your marriage and lose the respect of those that love you. Some of you, some of you, you know, financially, you're, you're beyond the line. I mean, what is the date? The date's October 8th, uh, April 8th. April 15th is coming up. Oh, my Lord. Uncle Sam. And God saying... <clears throat> You know what you're doing with that's wrong. This comes from the heart of a God who loves you and wants what is best for you. Here are the topics we're going to hit over the next few weeks again. You don't want to miss them. We're going to talk about, some of you might want to miss them. Some of you are like, I can't wait to get to the car. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> <clears throat> Friendships, we're going to talk about it. Relationships, some of the most important relationships. Sex, we're going to talk about it. Marriage, we're going to talk about it. Consumption, we're going to talk about all these areas that tend to wreck people's lives. And because I love you, and because I want this for my life, right? I'm right here with you. 
trying to plant guardrails, man, trying to, trying to stay away from the line. We're going to go get this. And I hope you'll be here every single Sunday. No one, no one that I've ever known, and you, you would probably agree with this, no one has ever regretted planting a guardrail. Never. But the masses of humanity have regretted not planting guardrails. I'm going to pray in just a moment, and the ushers are going to come forward, and we're going to receive today's tithes and offerings at all of our campuses. The ushers are going to get in place, and, and we're going to pray. And here's what I want you to do. I just want you to start praying. I just wonder if right now when I'm praying, you would just say, God, speak to me over the course of the next month. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for bringing this series to our church. God, I'm going to lean in. And I'm going to ask you to protect my life. And I'm going to decipher between the voice of culture and the voice of God in your word, Lord. And I'm going to plant some guardrails. Because, God, I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be a wrecked human being. I want to be like Psalm 1 says, I want to be firmly planted by the streams of God where my life, what? Prospers. I love you, New Hope. That's what I'm praying for you. Just as I'm praying it for me, just as I pray it for my children. May we be a people who learn to enter through the narrow gate with guardrails protecting us, that we might be blessed. Thank you, Lord, is right. Let's pray. Father, I uh, thank you. I thank you for my friends. God, I thank you for this series. God, I ask that you would do a great work over the course of the next month. But God, I look at friends and pastors and Churches, and I just see collateral damage all over the place. Father, would you take your word this month and would you allow us to submit to the authority of your word because you know what's best. You are a good, good Father. And would you bless us, Lord God, and would you pour out your spirit on us? Would you fill us? Would you equip us? Would you transform us, Lord God? That when guardrails comes to an end, Father God, we would be a people who have protected our lives against the enemy. That you would receive all the glory and the honor. Father, thank you for the opportunity now to bring to you our tithes. They belong to you anyway, Father God. So would you use them? Would you continue to use them, Lord God, as we experienced last week to save many? But God, would you use them as well to create a church where people are taught the word. Where we're not just a reach kind of church, but we are a teach kind of church. We're not just a salvation kind of church. We are a discipleship church. We love you today, God. We love you, the Bible says, because you first loved us. Thank you for being a good good father. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.